Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 562. The English teacher is cheating. We've got some, uh, well, some conference information. We've got some activities for you. We've got some jokes for you. And we're going to tell you why the English teacher is cheating. But without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right. Welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson. And with me is the world's greatest co-show host who has a badge. We talked about it oh, last week. Mr. Sean McGurr. It's official. It's official. Yeah. How are you this week? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. We've got some good stuff to talk about. So I can't wait to hear what you're gonna say. Uh, me too. <laughs> there was did you did you hear about the the my my friend has a kid who he was yeah. really worried about his um, school sculpture, school sculpture project. School sculpture project. Yeah, Did it's you have easy to say that to three say. times fast? Yeah. I can't even say it once slow, so three times fast is really <laughs> going to be tough. Um, but he got an A+. Plus. Mm. Yeah. What a relief. What do you call a sleeping dinosaur? I don't. I let him sleep. I don't. That's, that's a whole chase scene I don't want to be in. Uh, a dino snore. Oh, I like your answer better. Mm-hmm. Hey, what did the zero say to the eight? Zero say to the eight? I don't know. What did the zero say to the eight? Nice belt. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which knee is the most childish? Which knee? Look Which down knee? at your knees. Which one is okay. the most childish? I don't know. Which which knee is most childish? <laughs> the kid knee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Why did the They're orange twins. stop halfway across the road? Uh, I don't know. The orange stopped halfway across the road? Yes, it ran out of juice. Oh. Which part of the car works the hardest? Which part of the car? Um, I don't know which part works the hardest. This is a tough one because you could pick the wheels. Yeah. They're always tired. Oh, okay. You could pick the muffler. The muffler. Yeah. It's exhausted. Uh... Mm -hmm, mm Ah. You could pick the pedal on the left or in the middle, depending on what kind of car you drive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because. My car, your car. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> um, my car's in the middle, your car's on the left. Yeah. Um, because it needs a break. Oh, sure. That pedal is not very useful if it's not connected to the brake. <laughs> it's a social pedal. It's well connected. <laughs> which part, conversely, which part of the car is the laziest? Uh, for me, it's the part behind the wheel, but um, I don't know which which part is the laziest. <laughs> well, it could be the calipers. Oh, yeah, they're always on brakes. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be the transition because it seems a little shifty. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. indecisive too. Yeah. <laughs> how did, um, up, how did the down. barber win the race? The barber? The barber of Seville? Oh, a different barber. I'm sorry. It's a whole different um, thing. You try yeah. explaining that one to middle school kids. Oh, I tried to do uh, De Zabra Flota, and as soon as I hit the 
hit the video, it's like, oh, that's cool. So the whole flute section is bugging the band teacher right now about the Zabar Flauta and can they do it? And anyway, that's a whole other show. What was your question again? How did the barber win the race? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> How did he win the race? He, he knew a short cut. Oh, did he? I uh, wonder if he'd go on it by a short, or by, by a close shave. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What country has the highest amount of diseases? Ooh, diseases. Oh, I would, I would have said Wuhan, uh, but uh, I don't know. What country? Wuhan's not a country. Germ. Any. Oh, germ, sure. Any. Any germ. Yep. Germ. Yeah. 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 And finally, how do you spell candy with two letters? Candy with two letters. Um, um, I don't know. How do you spell candy with just two letters? C and Y. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, we uh, kind of collaborate on jokes. <laughs> sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly, but we collaborate oh. on jokes. I throw you lots of left turns. <laughs> and, that's that's and my role in this. That student collaboration is pretty important. Oh, it is. Uh, and, and and this is seriously something that uh, I've been having discussions with people about as well. Student collaboration, student work, who's doing the work, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and here with uh, a, just a wonderful uh, segment this week on student collaboration with some great tips and research-based information is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the September-October 2022 issue of Science and Children, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association. And I read the section, Methods and Strategy, and read the article, Let's Work Together, written by Kathleen Easley and Jamie Leto. And they wrote that, Supporting student collaboration can be easier said than done. All too often, group work can disintegrate into arguments, off-topic chatter, or a single student doing all the work. So how do we support students to work together? And so they wrote an article that allows them to observe research-based strategies that support successful collaboration. The first strategy is establishing a culture of collaboration. Class culture can play a key role in fostering collaboration. By setting norms for collaboration and explicitly teaching collaboration techniques, teachers can foster the kind of community in which collaboration flourishes. The second strategy, setting clear expectations. Clear expectations help students set up for successful collaboration. When students understand both the purpose of their collaborative work and the recommended procedures to begin their work, it is easier for them to coordinate their efforts. The third strategy, making the rounds. Teacher support during work time plays a key role in supporting successful collaboration. By joining collaborative conversations between students, teachers can provide timely conceptual, procedural, or interpersonal support. 
Strategy 4, Class Conversations. Whole class conversations can be crucial to improving the quality of peer collaboration. They provide students the opportunity to engage in guided reflection regarding successes and areas for potential improvement. And the fifth strategy, mediating conflict. Conflict can arise when students work collaboratively. This conflict can have a big impact on how students experience collaboration and what learning opportunities collaboration can provide. The goal of students collaboratively engaged in long-term inquiry centered on real-world questions is a laudable one. It is often easier to have a calm, controlled, and respectful classroom where all the students are sitting in neat rows copying down notes that the teacher has written on the board. When students are given the freedom to work together, even in structured ways, opportunities to be off-task or unkind can multiply. And yet, to support the next generation of scientists, we need to provide students with opportunities to work together with other people, to manage projects that last beyond the space of a class period, to identify questions and work on discovering answers. Long-term collaborative science inquiry provides learning opportunities that just can't be replicated in a teacher-centered, silent classroom. Research-based strategies, such as those mentioned in this article, can help support long-term collaborative inquiry in the science classroom, providing opportunities for students to respectfully learn from each other and take charge of their own work. This growth is not going to happen in one lesson. It's not even going to happen in one unit. It's going to build throughout the year, and it will be different one year to the next. Although the process is never easy, there is no doubt it is worthwhile. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. Uh, gosh, we appreciate the work that he does. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he lives, lives what he says as well, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So we've got Halloween coming up. Do yes, have, we do. We do. Do you have any plans? <laughs> do you have any plans in the, in the school for Halloween? It is your sure. school. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we started doing something uh, well, about 10 years ago, I guess, um, where we invite the littles from the Early Learning Center, the K-1 okay. building, and our elementary building, our 2-5 our building. Uh, mostly it's the uh, 2 and 3 second, third graders. Um we invite them over and um, we do let them do a little Halloween parade and they walk through our building and we stand in the hallway and we admire their costumes. And then each of the teachers then has a bucket of candy and we you know give them a little piece of candy and they do some trick-or-treating through the schools. And it also gives the littles then a chance to see what the big school looks like, right? You know, middle mm-hmm. school, ooh, scary, right? And it is because it's Halloween. Uh, we do some decorating, you know, pumpkins. Um, the teacher across the hall from me did this really cool thing with mummy. She put a piece of black paper, two big eyes, and then took strips of white paper and then just went across it in different angles and made it look like a, a mummy face. So her entire door is mummified. It looks really, really, really cool. I, on the other hand, um, am getting ready for a conference, so I really haven't done any decoration. What I'll do is I'll make up for it in candy, though, so... Yeah. The kids so do you have, do you have like door decorating contest or anything? Cause I know that's something that a lot of schools have different door decorating contests throughout the year. And Uh, if there is, 
I'm not aware of it this time. <laughs> Mostly because I'm getting ready to go to a conference and I haven't been caring about that too much. Um, yeah. And my kids haven't been too much into that. They've seen the other kids do it now on the other doors and in, in, in Richmond. And so <laughs> the the English teacher is she's not cheating, but she's cheating because she runs the <laughs> she runs the after school detention, right? So the kids need something to do. Guess who's decorating her door? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Free labor. From the <laughs> so no, it's, it's cool. She's got a really good door going. Yeah. Um, a teacher across the hall from me, she is just, you know, she's competitive and she wants to do things. She's, she does, wants to do things like that. So, you know, mm, more power to her. I find, and I have a, I have a, uh, endorsement, triple minor endorsement in elementary education. So I, I can do the elementary thing. However, I find myself as I get older going, yeah, uh, that's that artsy craftsy stuff. Um, I don't have to do it. Uh, maybe I won't do it. I'll, you know, don't want any of the kids do it, but eh, me. Eh. Now my kids saw the other kids across the hall doing it, and they're like, "Could we do that?" And I'm like, "Dude, you guys, um, this is a little late to start asking you if you could." But we might. I don't know. But like I said, I think I'll probably make up for it in candy. Um, so yes, we do. And of course, with my population, we've got a wide variety of of kids in my population, and and they uh, they love. They love Halloween. I've got a video. I don't. I think I shared this last year. I got a video. It's my favorite video of all time. It's where my seventh graders were caught out in the neighborhood trick or treating. I say caught because they didn't intend to do this. But you know those uh, doorbells with the cameras on it. Yeah, those are pretty They're popular right now. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently they hit the bell and they went trick or treat, but apparently the, the people weren't home. They're also doing it during the wrong time of the day. So these are kids that Halloween is something that is very, very new to them. So yes. they went right after school instead of going after dark, which, you know, is the traditional right start time. Yeah, dusk. Yeah. yeah, but so but they nope, they were going to get going early and they were out early doing the trick or treat thing. And uh, somebody left their porch light on because they're away from home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they went up and hit the bell and knocked on the door and nobody was coming. And one of the kids turns and they see a car coming and they go, hey, there's Mr. McGurr. And the next thing you know, it's seven seventh graders shouting from somebody's porch, Mr. McGurr, Mr. McGurr. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't me, but. <laughs> it wasn't part. me. <laughs> it wasn't me. I wasn't there. But here they were, you know, within the space of a few weeks, they had already bonded and they were like, you know, they were. Who cares about Halloween? Let's go see Mr. McGurr. Um, <laughs> I was—I keep telling them they're still they're eighth graders now, and I tell them that is my favorite video of all time. And they laugh and they think it's great. I said, "What are you going to do to top it this year?" And they laugh. We'll figure something out. So we'll see what happens. The seventh graders this year—it's—it's it's so they've talked about it so much. The seventh graders this year want to see the movie, and I've got it saved somewhere, but uh, I, can't, I just can't remember where. But it is—it's my favorite video of all time. Yeah. And door decorating is one of those things that's like, it takes time, right? Which means it's an opportunity cost. The time decorating the doors, time not doing other things. But it can also really build community as well. It can, you know, it gets mm -hmm. the kids a common purpose. And um, so it's a, it's a balance, right? As to how much that you spend mm -hmm. doing that. And, you know, and so... But it can be fun, and you just have to know the culture of your building and 
what's going on and all that good stuff. So, yeah. and this is our last year for being in this building. We're moving buildings next year, mm-hmm. or at the end of the year, and so uh, a lot of us are also purging stuff. And I don't necessarily have all the things that I used to have to <laughs> pull that so, stuff off. And then, um, you know, Halloween is. Uh, coming up with means the kids it's on monday this week so that means on tuesday the kids will be sugared up uh-huh 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 this is another reason why i'm excited this is another reason why i'm excited <laughs> yes okay november 1st <laughs> i'm there in the morning and in the afternoon i have an appointment you have uh-huh. An appointment. uh-huh and then it gets better november 2nd is a conference. <laughs> I hope that sub asks for combat pay. <laughs> that is interesting. So, what's also interesting is uh, I just got a message that said I lost network oh. and then it was trying to reconnect and it reconnected, but I could hear you all the way through. So, that was kind of weird. So, yeah. Halloween. Halloween. You know, we talk about Halloween and Google's on top of it, apparently. So, yep. um, so yeah, and, and um, it's, it's interesting because different places do different things with Halloween. And there are some neat lessons that you can do to kind of incorporate um, that within uh, your lessons and teaching kids like the history of Halloween and um, some of the social things about it is pretty cool too. So, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Speaking of conferences, so I went to a couple of conferences this past couple of weeks. Yeah. um, And a couple of people went with me to well one of them was the the main middle school conference so the whole middle school went which was pretty cool um and then the actum conference uh, took the tech integrators there um and it was interesting discussion about like okay did you find it beneficial what was good about it and all of that good thing and all of that good stuff like you know what'd you get out of the conference is it is it valuable to go and what are your expectations of going to a conference what is it that you want to get out of the conference um what i want to get out of so it varies from conference to conference right so mm-hmm. like at ISTE, i'm looking for um i want to know what the there's always the conference theme and then there's the one that the people develop and talk about because that's the one that is actually on people's minds and want to talk about the, you know, the, the sub theme, the, the, okay, so we're all together now. Let's really talk about this. I get the biggest kick out of the fact that there's a theme for a conference like ISTE and, um, and a lot of people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to talk about this. And that's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, so, um, I've been looking at the sessions for, and so, so here's a couple, let's, let's do it this way. So we talked about <laughs> Whova, right? Uh, before the show, Whova is a conference app and I find it interesting 
uh, as I'm going through this conference app and I'm racking up some points for just participating in it. Apparently, if I welcome people, I get points for welcoming people. Well, there's mm -hmm. 1,500 people on the app. I could start really racking up the points by just welcoming everybody. So, hey, guess what's going to happen? That's my strategy, right? I'm I wonder if you could write a script to do that. Because there, there, are, there are things that you can use which will uh, simulate mouse clicks, right? So you could yeah. click the next one, click the next one, click the next one. Okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, cool. I don't want to end up at a uh, at a uh, Friday night soiree and uh, all the people there are going, oh, Sean. And, and, I, and I didn't. I didn't click them, but um, as far as I know, there are no Friday night soirees. I'm just I'm making that up. Um, and it, what I find interesting is in in Woopra is that there are um, there are places for conversations. There's places for meetups. There's places for things. Right? Uh, introduce yourself, and they've got icebreakers. They've got built-in icebreaker questions. But every time you log on to a new device, it it thinks you've never ice broke before. So it, adds, it gives you another icebreaker question. So I'm just going from device to device to device to device, <laughs> answering icebreaker questions. And, you know, I get a couple so, extra points every time I do it. So here's the question. Just how many tablets does Mr. McGurr have? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Sean, and uh, it's been three days since I purchased a tablet. <laughs> is there a group for so, that? Anyway. And that's um, that's one of the things like I find interesting is the whole development of of conferences and then the technology because there's a lot of now there's a lot of technology involved in most conferences that I've gone to. There's the, you know a conference app where they share a lot of that information where you can take notes and you give feedback kind of thing, and then there's different levels of interaction, right? Right. Um, some of them have things that are pretty gamified. There's a lot of different conference software apps out there. So, um, and what? and that to me yeah. is something that's interesting is that mm -hmm. they're building. There's a lot of tech integration in a conference, and it's like, are we building those same structures in schools? Are we building those, you know, we're using technology for a lot of things. And are we acknowledging that and taking advantage of that in the best way possible? So. What I find interesting about the Whova app is that with this icebreakers, they're also front loading conversations, but because the conference organizers have organized topics, which mm -hmm. I think is interesting because now they're going in through a back door to control or construct a conversation for the people who will be coming to keep it centered around a conference theme instead of just people coming and going saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to talk about this. I mean, that still may happen, right? I just see this as a, as a feature. And part of the, part of the question, I guess, is how many people are using the conference app and using those features in the conference app? Give me a second. I'll tell you. Cause there was, um, there were a there was a lot of things that you could do at the conference that I went to. Um, I don't think very many people registered for um, sessions, for example. I think people just showed up at sessions, so people didn't really click and say, "I'm going here." Um, at least from from what I saw, um, and I didn't really see a lot of engagement with the. 
um, some of the social aspects of the um, the app. So I just kind of wonder, okay, it's there. How many people are using it? How is it getting used? That kind of thing as well. Uh, at the <clears throat> moment, there are a little over 1,500 uh, members on the uh, app. And I have been officially displaced from the top 10. So, um, get busy, man. I, I hate to tell you, but uh, uh, the rest of the podcast is you, dude. I've got, I've got, <laughs> I gotta go, I gotta go friend people. <laughs> I, 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 the, there's, there's a, a section in the app. Let me pull it really quick again. There's a section in the app for, um, session Q and A's, speakers, polls, and, uh, discussions. Okay. So the discussions are front loaded before people get into the app. They're front loaded with specific topics that the conference organizers yeah. want to talk about. And then the polls, there are some things in some polls that are already front loaded into the um, app by conference organizers. But if a speaker can put in a poll and pull everybody at the conference about whatever their topic is that they're talking about in their session, which I thought was kind of cool because then you're broadening the, the pool of respondents. If I do a, uh, a, uh, um, a, a poll in my session, I'm just getting the people in the session. But if I right. do it in the, the Wupra, I get everybody at the conference and I can say, so everybody at our conference, this is what they're thinking about this topic. And let me talk about this. I just a different take, a different, you know, angle on, on things. I thought it was neat. Yeah, um, and following up with the people that I, I took to the conference, the thing that they valued most was, unsurprisingly, being able to talk to other people, getting, yeah. creating those connections, asking them questions about how are you doing this, what are you doing with that, um, those kinds of things. And that is the real value of a conference. Um, which then makes it, how do we replicate that remotely? Because we've talked about conferences and being in person versus being there, not, you know, being, doing these remotely. And I think that is so much harder to do remotely than it is in person. So we got that. And then there's always the, the thing that I say is, you know, when you, when you, you go to sessions, it's to get a germ of an idea or two out of that session. It may not be exactly what the presenter is intending for you to get out of it, but if you can get a, uh, oh, I hadn't thought of that that way, or wow, that really makes me think about this and how we're doing this, then that is extremely valuable because you're getting those other perspectives. I did notice that it seems like there wasn't tons and tons of practitioners presenting. There was, you know, uh, an awful lot of vendors or things as well. So <clears throat> vendor presentations, which again, since they're, we're, they're rebooting conferences as well, it's not super surprising um, either. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, the conference I'm going to, uh, AMLE, they posted, uh, they, they posted their call for sessions and presenters. Mm -hmm. And then after it closed, they said, no, we're going to extend it. And then after it closed for about a week, they said, we're going to reopen it up for another round. 
I'm wondering, I'm wondering, you know, how many, so I, I've sat on, uh, uh, a board. I've been a, a president of a, of an association. And when in, in and, the back of my head, whenever I see that happening, it means there's, they didn't get enough. Right. Yeah. And they want more or they need more or they're desperate for more. So I, I just threw one in just to help them out. And I don't get me wrong. I'm going to put a lot of work into my session, but, um, um, by the same token, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, it's not going to be Rick Wormley. Yeah. And that was one of the, the other things, quite frankly, is there was a couple of speakers and, um, there was the question of, you know, where did, where did these speakers come from? How did, cause these weren't like really super big national speakers. These were, you know, more, um, how do I, how do I say this? They, um, speaking is, does, does not seem to be the only thing they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. So, yes. um, and it, it's just a fascinating thing to me. Like where did, you know, how did they end up with this gig kind of thing? So that's just kind of a personal. Because, you know, it's one of those things that's like, hmm, would I like to do that? <laughs> so, because um, we have had the opportunity to do like a speaker gig. And we had a good time with it. So, yeah, it was good. I'd do it so, again. Oh, yeah. so, so let me riff on that just for a second. Wupro, one of the things that they do is they'll say, hey, we're putting together a cadre of speakers. Would you like to be included in that list? Oh. So um, I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just, it's out there. Well, if you're not on the – oh, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk yeah. about is you have some kids who have found your YouTube channel. Yes. And have decided to go back to the future. <laughs> yes. And they are, they, they are negotiating their future, <laughs> which I found hilarious. You want to talk just a little bit about that? Sure. Um, <laughs> in all the years that I've been using YouTube to put videos on and, you know, stuff for class or whatever, or the when I did the uh, professional development, all my, oh, my stuff's there, right? Um, so I have a YouTube channel and every year the kids will say, do you have a YouTube channel? I'll say, yes, I have a YouTube channel. And then nothing happens. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, okay, he's got one. They don't look at it. They just want to know that I have one. Oh, okay. No big deal. So I just leave stuff up. Right. I don't care. Just nobody ever goes to it, you know, unless it's in the moment. Right. So, um, I left up our end of year project. If you've, if you've listened to the show before, we talked about how we do a genius week at the end of the year, my team does a, a, a genius week. And so I made a, uh, I took the, the presentation and I exported it as a video. And then I exported the video to YouTube or uploaded the video to YouTube. And, um, so the kids then could always go back and they could watch the video and they could see the presentation and they could, you know, go over and over it could get the parts that they miss because they're seventh graders and they miss things but they could see it again and again and again and again and and get the examples and get the expectations and all that sort of thing i just left it up i you know it's left up from last year um 
So uh, one of my students has started the uh, Project Subger, and they're trying to get me <laughs> 25, 25 subscriptions to my YouTube channel. And I told them, I said, you understand that a lot of this is just teachery stuff. And they're like, we don't care. It's okay. We're going to get you 25. <laughs> okay, go for it. All right. So they, they got me 25 subscriptions. And then um, the one thing that they've decided they're going to watch and watch a lot of is now in my class, they, each, they have a, they have a presentation every quarter and then they've got the big one at the end of the year in front of the entire team. And they can choose any of the subjects, math, science, language, arts, social studies from, they can take any of our topics, dig deeper into that topic and then do a presentation in front of the entire team. And consistently the eighth graders, when, when they're done, with the eighth grade, they always get this question from the science teacher, you know, what are your three memories of middle school? And a lot of them will put down the the end of the year genius project that they did in our team, which is like a huge thing. I mean, to see them write that down is like one of the big experiences of their, of their middle school years is, you know, it warms the cockles of my heart, right? Well, this group, this group, we're, we're in week nine of the school year. And we've got another 30 weeks before they've got to do this project-ish in the last maybe <laughs> 35 weeks, whatever. But we're a long ways away. And they've already viewed this video and they're talking about it. And they want to know, does it have to be like that? Could we do, you know, maybe this instead? Or, you know, what about this? Or it's like, um, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Um, what are you doing? Where'd you, you're watching that? And they are there. So this group is a little more ahead and savvy than, uh, than what I'm used to. I think it's great. And don't get me wrong. I'm laughing uproariously on the inside. Right. And I think it's wonderful that they're right. doing it. Yeah. But I'm just, so yeah. Uh, and they decided they're going to get me, they're going to get me 25 subs for my, my uh, YouTube channel. So watch out you other podcasting, <laughs> social studies, YouTubing teachers out there. I got 25. Yeah. That'll put you what a quarter of the way to, oh no. Uh, 0.25% of the way to getting a yeah. personalized domain. <laughs> That's right. Personalized channel. So, although YouTube is supposed to be doing, um, uh, not hashtags, uh, handles. Those are coming to YouTube soon. So, okay. Well, we'll see. Mine will be raise your hand. R-A-I-Z-U-R-H-A-N-D. <laughs> raise your hand. So you, and you want to think about that beforehand. So, all right. The other thing that you want to think about is the Twitterverse. Indeed, you do. And Scott Beyer, Scott Beyer does think about the uh, the, the Twitterverse. Scott Beyer at the Book Chat co-founder at Lyrical Swords with a Z at the end. I may have arrived at the weekend like this, but I made it, and so did you. Now I put a link. It's a video. It's a video. It's uh, it's Garuda Indonesia Air Flight uh, doing a landing. We'll give Troy a second here to to take a look at the video. I did. I can say I did not look at this one. So should I yeah, be I looking think, at this I, one? Because I think you should take a look at this I one. Got to make sure the, the sound is off. Because um, my week was kind of like this. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. No, wait, wait <laughs> for the end. Wait for the end. <laughs> and going into Saturday was just kind of like I made it. I'm going to. I'm going to go here to the uh, terminal now. No, Can you imagine here. being on that flight? I imagine there was some uh, some a bunch of whiplash going on. Wow! So for for those of you who are uh, listening instead of uh, viewing, um, it's a it's a 
uh, Garuda Indonesia Air Flight that makes a uh, spectacular uh, landing. I imagine there's a whole bunch of whiplash. I, I think I think the uh, air masks uh, or the uh, oxygen masks did drop down from the overhead compartments on this one. Um, and it, you probably needed more than a seatbelt. You probably needed a four-point uh, harness uh, sitting in those seats. Um, wow. But yeah. Yeah, I hope there was nothing breakable in the luggage compartment. I uh, imagine there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I don't think that plane's going to fly again. No. No. Um, Susie Dent at Susie underscore Dent. Word of the day is blutterbunged. It's a 19th century uh, dialect word. Uh, dumbfounded, confounded, uh, confounded, yes. And open mouth in amazement, not to be confused with dumbfungled or utterly exhausted um so yes yes i think there were some things this week that uh, left me completely blutterbunged um that was a good word for the week revolving door admin at rad underscore is underscore awesome and again remember this is satire remember that behavior problem students are not to be sent to the administrator please follow our rti and send them to your buddy teacher's class to disrupt a different teacher in a different set of students. Thank you. <laughs> I've got a kick out of that. Um, Oliver Tack. Oliver Tack, who does a lot of coding for H5P, does. has been releasing some uh, snippets, some uh, some foreshadowing of oh, and, some changes to H5P. And now it's up to four. It was three. It is. It's up to four. So wow. he said, did I say I'd bring three new H hashtag H5P content types to hashtag OER camp in Hamburg this week. Sorry, that information is wrong. It will be four, four new hashtag H5P content types. So we know one of them is called portfolio. One's called transcript. So I wonder what the other two would be. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious. The 24th is uh, the OER camp. I think mm -hmm. his presentation is on the 24th. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what drops down. I will will say this. Uh, I noticed that in the some of the pictures that he's posted, he's using an app called Lumi to create and demonstrate these things. So yes. I think if he's doing it in Lumi, then we're probably going to see this as a free open source uh, contribution type thing. Which would be guess. cool. That would be awesome. Uh, portfolio, he said, he did hint at is going to replace interactive books as being more versatile and more consistent. So he I'm does do open source things too. He yes, says he, that does. he 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 gives people a discount if they agree to do it open source, and he publishes it for everybody. So that's pretty cool. He, um, yeah, he's he's got some wonderful stuff. Um, I'd, I'd like to know if he's involved in fixing uh, crossword, the crossword plugin for it, because the crossword worked about 75% of the time in my class on Friday. Don't know exactly what was going on there, but um, yeah, H5P, uh, um, yeah. H5P is a wonderful thing. Uh, my presentation at AMLE will be on H5P. Troy did one for, was it for Actum or was it for, okay. I did for it for Actum. Actum. Yeah, I did an overview for Actum, and I think that um, next year I may um, put in to do uh, kind of a similar thing, but instead 
What I will do because it was a small group is I think that I'm going to have the going to give them some examples and make them work through some examples. So we'll see. We'll think about next year. Yeah, if I had more than than twelve minutes, I would do the same. Sure. And matter of fact, I think I'm going to make that type of presentation for Mamsy in the yeah. spring. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Berkmar. Mm-hmm. Wonderful Jack Berkmar. To all my hardworking educator friends, may your weekend be filled with rest, support, a good movie, popcorn, and tons of chocolate, plus two adult beverages. So, so that would be coffee and there. tea, right? Yes, exactly. Coffee and tea. <laughs> uh, with uh, So um, uh, Equal makes these little uh, travel coffee creamer type things. You can put some hazelnut in. Anyway, I digress. Um, he's posted a picture that goes with it, and I want this door hanger for my door at work. It mm-hmm. says off the clock. This door is closed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You yep. could make one. I could. I could. But if I <laughs> leave it up during the day, I know I'd hear about it. So, so here's a fun little thing too. Right. So I put in my door for COVID, right. Um, knock, you know, uh, please come in. It's a little slider, little slider sign on my door. And you can slide it to the green where it says, yes, knock, or, you know, please come in. And the, you slide it to the other side and it's red and it says, do not disturb, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the kids are just having a ton of fun with that little sign. You know, if if they've decided that I've been disrupted too much, I didn't realize this, but they're out there switching the sign on me. <laughs> they don't want to be disturbed by people. You go away and leave us alone. Sorry, and they're, leave us alone. Yeah. This is, switching this, the is sign our, this is our air. This is our world. I get the biggest kick out of it. You know, I, I, so I asked him, I said, who switched the sign? We did, Mr. Greer, because we got stuff we got to get done, and we're tired of people knocking on your door. <laughs> All right. Okay. That mind, but I'm not sure we can do that, but okay. Anyway. I used to have a door hanger that said out learning whenever, if so I was out, like, at a conference, or if I was out doing something, I'd have out learning on, on my door so people knew I wasn't just, you know, I was out learning. Yeah, that's a better one. So copyright Troy Patterson or Creative Commons license. I'll have to look and see. Most things I do are Creative Commons. That's true. Learn something at Learn Something. This was for this is for Dave Bilotsky. Found this one and I thought he probably knows this already, but this yes. is a cool thing. A puffer fish's skeleton is made up of spiky bones that aren't actually connected. They just sit under the puffer fish's skin like caltrops. Caltrops are those triangle um, shapes, mm-hmm. um, and expand to or, and expand to spread themselves apart and point outward when the puffer fish is inflated. And there's a picture of uh, somebody with a puffer fish skeleton in their hand, and it is totally cool. So it is. That's for that's for Dave. And something else is for Dave and for you is hashtag MS chat and hashtag MI chat uh, every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as Troy says, the Twitter never stops. It does not. Um, hey, I was uh, I was kind of uh, honored that Richard Byrne did a video and um, referenced the post that I made. Oh, cool. We'll we'll talk about that in just a minute, but uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So the other thing that's cool is uh, Larry Ferlazzo, who does tons and tons of things, Mm -hmm. but 
he has written up a um, uh, an article on um, how it is that he uses peer tutors. Um, it is the title is here's what a typical ELL class with peer tutors and me looks like. The thing that I think is really neat about this is he writes kind of the structure of his class that how he runs his class, the structure of what it is and kind of what's going on and explains all of that. So I think this is really great for working with ELLs, but I think it's also good for just taking a look at what, you know, kind of peeking into another teacher's classroom and saying, okay, what does he do? Why does he do it that way? So he points out that he um, says, all of my classes, including my two ELL ones, um, begin with a warm-up that students know to begin no later than one minute before the bell rings to officially start the class. <laughs> get them early, get them going. <laughs> um, so they have a warm-up to do. Um, in history, he uses brain pop which I think mm -hmm. is um, kind of interesting because that's more of a middle school focused kind of application than high school. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other ones, they use some other things like Epic or Quill or Lingo Hut or Raz Kids. Um, so um in the warm-up activities last a little less than 10 minutes to maximize instructional time. Peer tutors pass out the materials during these warm-up peer tutors who have between one and four students assigned to them are required to take their students individually to a separate room or outside at least once a week. One time to have their students read to them from a book um, as well as to help select new one if they want. And one time for SEL related. Um, and then he's got some slides that he posts as well. So again, I think this is a really neat little peek into what he does and how he does it. And um, I think that that is very useful for teachers to take a look at and um, and uh, just have a have as a reference. So. Um, I think it's very handy. Some neat stuff there. Um, let's see here. Um, creating videos uh, over at the um, Explainer Academy by Common Craft. You might be familiar with Common Craft. Mm -hmm. They long ago had the Common Craft videos and yeah, all, all of that. Stuff. They have a free mini course on how to create readable videos. And um, this is um, a free course. You can enroll for free. Um, you'll learn why readable videos are powerful and efficient to create. Numerous ways to use visuals to communicate instead of voiceover. And how to create simple read readable video that animates a line graph. So, um, and then there's also an ex explanation of what a readable video is. So if you're looking at this, the 
Hmm. I think it's like the total thing. There's the videos for it are like 15 minutes total. There's a couple of videos, like six and seven minutes long. And then there's a next step, step in free resources as well. So if you're looking for that, um, it might be something that's very useful for you, or it's something that you might want to teach kids how to do and have kids create the animated videos that bring data or information to life. Um, because that's a little different skill set than just a than animating over it. So that is something to check out. Anything on readable videos there, Mr. McGurr? Uh, read read uh, 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 readable readable <laughs> videos? No. And I'll be honest, I was um, gaslighting you because I hit the FAQs and found something interesting. Okay. Anyways, that's that's, that's a future conversation. That ships. So the, the next one, we've talked about this before, but I wanted to bring it back because I think it's such a great resource. Um, and we've talked about a lot of good things. But this is Cocoa Material. And this is the one that Richard Byrne, um, I got noted by, by the oh. wonderful Mr. Richard Byrne. Um, he did a quick video on it. Uh, I will add that you can also colorize very easily. There's a customize button. So, um, and what so you can customize the illustrations. And what Cocoa Material is, is it is hand-drawn open source illustration libraries. There's 2,461 right now. Um, you can search by topic. You can also click on some of the tags that are already there. They have featured tags as well. Um, so if you want to go, like if you were into science, for example, like Dave Bidlowski, you can click on, um, <clears throat> on the science and you'll see a whole bunch of science things there. And then if you click on one of them and you click on edit, you can change the stroke color. So if you wanted to make, instead of black and white, you could make it red and they can also do a fill. So you could, um, make that. And then you can download it as a PNG or an SVG, depending on your um, needs, wants, and there's different sizes as well. Um, so it's really easy to use. You can um, just kind of move through as well. Just a tip, you probably, if you're reusing it, PNG is one of the most functional um uh, formats to be able to change. So, but it's really, really neat. You can use it. The kids can use it. It is open source. It is, um, creative Commons zero. So you do not have to, um, reference. It always is best practice to reference. It doesn't cost you anything and it's easy to do. So you should do that, but you know, um, I'm really big on this. I like it a lot. I think it's very useful. All right. Do your kids like fast food? Um, yes, but not the fast food your kids do. <laughs> okay, now you got to explain that. So uh, Joseph's Bakery down the street uh, does uh, falafel sandwiches and hummus and pickles and 
Um, they have them in these little prepackaged things. And if you're a student in my my district, you get two dollars off the 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 price of a prepackaged lunch box type thing. Um, it's mm. all all Arabic food. It's fast. It's to go. It's it is really good. Um, so yes, mm-hmm. they like fast food, but they like uh, Joseph's uh, fast food. I miss a good chicken shawarma sandwich. Oh, is this really good? I know my wife is now making really good chicken shawarma sandwiches. She's making the tomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're so, going to eat pretty good. I'm very lucky. Anyway, over at Dig, they have America's best and worst rated fast food chains by state. Um. And this, uh, I just thought this was fun, uh, kind of a thing to change, to, to kind of share with, with kids. Um, and they, they have just a bunch of fast food. Um, and it is the top rated and bottom rated food chain in every, um, in states, um, and you know you get chicken burgers donuts and pizza are the uh the different areas here so you can um take a look at them there's a little uh interactive button at the bottom of each one that kind of says all right which one are you looking for burgers are you looking for chicken so for example um let's do pizza um the top rated pizza place and this is one that i am uh kind of fascinated about in michigan what do you think the top rated pizza place in michigan is um it's in melvindale it's uh freddy's pizza according to this it is papa murphy's no 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 it's not Papa. i'm just kidding do you know, are you it. familiar with papa murphy's no, but uh, I am familiar with Freddy's, and I'll tell you about Freddy's in a minute. All right. I don't know Papa Murphy's. I don't either. I like pizza. It. I like pizza. Mm-hmm. And I don't know Papa Murphy's. Buddy's Pizza? Sure. Yeah. I could buy that. Yeah, it would make sense. But I don't even know what Papa Murphy's is, but it's all over the map on this one. Um, interestingly, in Maine, it is Domino's. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the um, bottom-rated pizza. Uh, you want to guess what the bottom-rated pizza? Let's start with Maine is. Uh, I'm going to guess it's Papa Murphy's. It's In- Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, when you got one. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Opportunity um, for Freddy then. Yeah. So this is just a fun, fun little interactive thing. You could do a, what do you notice? Uh, for example, Papa John's does not exactly seem to be a top rate. They seem to be pretty much bottom rated everywhere. Really? That's interesting. And um, Papa Murphy's seems to be top rated just about everywhere. So I would take this with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, yeah, but it's fun and it's a little interactive graph and you could also use this as a model for 
you know, to have kids create some of these things as well. So you can check that out. If you uh, if you do get a chance to get Freddy's Pizza, Freddy takes uh, some of the proceeds from uh, Freddy. And, and by the way, it's really, really good. Uh, but Freddy's takes some of the proceeds from each of his pizzas, and he uses it to fund uh, sensory rooms for autism kids in schools. Oh, cool. All over the place. So a shout-out to Freddy's. Um, you know, good job. Good on you. Absolutely. And then uh, I'm going to share this with you. This is one that you'd want to you'd want to watch. But the, Deion Sanders, who is now a football coach, um, was recorded giving them a speech about. Um, well, the the title of this is Deion Sanders being brutally honest with his football team. Hmm. Um, and this is a speech about discipline and I, I thought it was interesting this is something that you definitely would want to watch there's no swearing in it but it certainly is has uh, there's a parts where he says you know you've you're getting an opportunity to get a career not a job and uh, uh, it's it's interesting so I won't say too much more about it but you might want to check it out um, and then let's take a look at Gaslit as well. Gaslit. This is an interesting uh, little um, app. So uh, did some digging here while uh, Troy was uh, enlightening us. Uh, this comes from Access to Culture Translator. Gaslit is a new app. There's an app called Gas, and it's made by the folks who made TBH, the, to be honest, uh, app for okay. kids. Facebook bought TBH and then killed it. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's a bad thing, by the way. I think that's a good thing. Um, but so the same people who built uh, TBH went out and made gas. So TBH was a way to say things about people and honestly, and people said a lot of hurtful things. So it's one of the reasons why they got shut down, I think. Uh, gas is the opposite. Gas is compliments. Uh, teens can send anonymous compliments to one another. And despite not being able or available nationwide, it's uh, become the most popular offering on the Apple store. Uh, and they're, uh, the thing that got me um, uh, distracted was the fact that they built in schools and geolocations. So they'll use your phone's geolocation uh, when you use the mm -hmm. app and they'll say, these are the schools that are nearby. Which one's your school? You know, let's connect you to your school. Mm -hmm. And so they're automatically feeding into all of that. Now, I think it, it's, it's interesting that uh, their emphasis is on, quote unquote, compliments. And for a fee, you can go into a mode that if somebody compliments you twice, you can see their name and find out who's complimented you mm. twice. So um, not sure where teens will go with this, but uh, yeah, just be aware it's out there and hugely popular. They say that they don't want students that are under 13, but you and I know how that works. And um, I'm right. sure it'll be showing up in a classroom near you. Yeah. And there was a big push of uh, apps that are school geolocated long ago or a few years ago. And I haven't been keeping up with those. Um, one last thing we talked uh, last week about playing Scattergories. We did. And the wonderful Mr. Dave Bilowski 
sent along Scienceagories, mm. which is a takeoff on Scattergories for two to 60 players. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> and he sent along the uh, examples and directions and lots of good stuff. So you can head over to middleschoolmatters.com and pick those up. I strongly recommend it. Um, and there you have links to where you can find the show and all of that good stuff as well. And we would really appreciate it if you would go to the podcast catcher of your choice, give us a five-star rating and tell us why Sean is the world's greatest show host with a badge. Um, so yeah, head over to middleschoolmatters.com. Until next week, oh, I should say, we will be off a couple of weeks. One, because yes. I'm, I have a thing next week, and then the following week, you have a thing. That's yep. the conference you've already talked about, so um, I don't think I'm revealing anything there, but we will be off for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think being the world's longest-running middle school matters uh, middle school focused podcast yeah. allows us that luxury. Um, but really, we would appreciate, because we are the longest running podcast, I think some people forget about us as well. Um, they're all looking for the new hot and shiny thing. And so please share the show with people that you might that might be interested in it as well. We would greatly appreciate that. So until next week, Gish, couple of weeks. This has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer.